Hey, all you schizos out there, welcome back to another episode of DR Schizo. Man, what a week it's been. The responses from the first episode are outstanding. I could not wait to get back here and do it all again this week. This week, we actually get to tackle mental health, one of my favorite topics. In this episode, Darius and Raphael share their insights on mental health. Feel free to hop on over to the blog and leave a comment and let's discuss there. Which side do you subscribe? Without further ado, let's get into episode two of Mental Health. We all have that internal voice inside each of us. Sometimes it's been called the voice of reason. Other times it's called doubt. But sometimes it can be both. It's the voice that lends proof and profit from life's experience and perspective. But it can also foster fear from imaginary creations, most often derived from external sources. The internal voice holds the greatest power over all of us. It can control emotions, promote actions, develop thought patterns, and drive. That internal voice is both friend and enemy. It ultimately controls fight or flight, highs and lows, and even influence life and death. I've arrived at this juncture in my life's journey where I seek answers pertaining to my value. My value to the world. My value to loved ones. Frankly, my value to myself. The arrival at this quest for understanding is actually normal in everyone's journey. Some will take longer to get here, while others much earlier. Lately, I've been turning up the volume on my internal voice, evaluating its advice, trying to understand where it's coming from, trying to trust it, and questioning its rationale. The delicate probe of its validity for soundness has been a little difficult as of late. You see, my mental health is taking a beating the last two years, apparently along with everyone else's. Trusting the thoughts behind the voice is difficult for that reason alone. But there is another, far more sinister reason the inner voice has begun to lose my confidence. It betrayed me in a most unusual way. One particularly stressful day of dealing with life's bullshit, I found myself up to my ears in chaos. I got caught up in the in-between. The in-between is by far the most unstable position anyone can find themselves in. In between jobs, so I had to watch my spending. In between relationships, so I was both nurturing a broken heart while simultaneously trying to give it to another. Don't get me wrong, Carrie is a great girl. It's just that my heart and thoughts are still with Melanie. Even though it's been four years and clearly she has moved on, she did me wrong and somehow I just can't get over it. I was in between family squabbles where I had to keep peace, extol advice, and play detective, judge, and jury all at the same time. You see, Mama had just died, and everyone was fighting over her remaining possessions as if they were worth a fortune. But, because she had failed to leave a will, everything was up for grabs. Welcome to the in-between. And in-between, the space between here and there is where the mind can change your laid-out plans. And in between, the time period of initial beginnings until the finality of goodbye sets in, emotions collide, solidify, melt, and corrode. And in between, the thin line between love and hate is often blurred and thinnest when it's deferred. And in between, beginnings and ends, the here's and there's, heavens and hell's, life is stagnant. The in-between had me against a wall and under a rock. The pressures of the life that I was living ballooned up in my head so rapidly, all while I ascertained my value in the world. Remember, I'm still on my journey. I listened fervently for the inner voice to calm my desperation and mounting anxiety, and it betrayed me by speaking in a way that changed everything. I begged the answers of the inner voice, 
What's next? Please tell me, what's next? And in its response, I was shattered in a million ways. The low baritone pitch of the voice shocked the hell out of me when it should have been the question it was asking of me. Who, Who are, are you? The cadence that rolled through my head echoed upon itself as if I was in a deep cave. Who, Who the fuck, fuck are you? The events leading up to this moment in time seemed surreal. First, I had lost the custody battle of my 11-year-old son, Antonio. Melanie, I had been locked in battle for most of the four years. She had managed to find out that I had been relieved of my duties from the medical group that I had been part of for the past eight years. And rightfully so. I had missed the better part of seven months on and off the year before my termination. I was drinking a lot. My only concern manifested into reality when the private dick she had hired uncovered my lack of employment before I could secure another. She used it to hurt me in the worst way. Damn, I just wished I still didn't love her. Why can't love let me go? I was its prisoner, and it was not being kind. My silent suffering rages beneath my pretty surface. The growing mental health crisis in the world has prompted the medical community to pressure the government to declare a state of emergency affecting children. In the span of six months from March to October 2020, emergency room visits in children's ages 5 to 11 increased by 24%, all for mental health conditions. All of the other age groups to include adolescents, adults, and geriatrics also saw a marked increase in ER visits. This spike also coincided with a rapidly spreading, relatively unknown disease that is now called COVID. Around that time, most Americans were glued to various news sources that peddled the fear by showcasing the rapidly growing body counts of the dead around the world. It's still claiming lives today. Fast forward two and a half years later, after months of heightened fear, finger pointing, lockdowns, compassion fatigue, mask mandates, and multiple vaccines, the country stands on the precipice of financial collapse. It should come as no surprise that the mental health of the majority of the population has taken a hit. Resiliency of human beings is remarkable though. Today, people fight for the right not to wear masks, to reopen schools, and to resist the request to get vaccinated. We as Americans have the right to say no, and even when the benefit of the world's health is at stake, we even have the nerve to fight for that right. And as the businesses around the world reopen, we ration. The worst is behind us. It's time to get on with the business of life. Working in the shadows, just beyond the reach of existence I lie. I'm usually pretty sedate, but lately things have been a little uneasy. I feel the turbulences of anger and sadness and anxiety as it waffles through my insulated orb. The pool of these emotions mimic the high tide's undertow dragging me toward the source. I feel a change coming. The past couple of years I have been riveted by the goings-ons of the mundane beings of the lighted world. They all seem to be worried about a whole lot of things. Things they either have no control over like getting older in time. Things that they wanted or willed into existence by their actions or inactions such as global warming. But more appalling things, smelling a whole lot like bullshit when it all means nothing in the grand scheme of things. Who gives a fuck about who's fucking who if it's not you or yours? Who gives a fuck about what Kanye West is on a rant about if you're not going to do anything about it? As for me, I welcomed all the undesired emotions. The fear, 
the anger, the sadness. They fill me and fuel me. But this collective concern of the mundane beings is palpable. As I said before, I thrive best in chaos. The past couple of years have been different though. Usually these powerful emotions would ebb and flow in a relatively short amount of time, never lasting very long. It's always been a nuisance before. Just when I begin to gain strength from them, they would give way to hope, distractions, and other ideas. But now, they have been building upon themselves, growing exponentially, fueling my rage and giving me a strength I'd never known. The day that changed me forever, the day of clarity and understanding, the day someone ripped down the black curtain between my night and his day, that day was the breaking point that gave birth to my freedom. I recall the super swirl of boiling stress that day. It was particularly delicious to swim around in. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I heard the wails of despair. It was like a cat being dragged by its tail across a cheese grater. It rippled through the void so violently I was shaken from my roots. It begged and pleaded for someone, everyone and no one at the same time asking, Why is this happening? What do I do? And the ever-insistent, bitch-ass question, What's next? I mean, what the fuck? And more important, who the fuck are you? I am aware of this so-called mental health crisis they speak of. I mean, who hasn't? Seems like every other day it's Mental Health Monday, Mental Health Month, Mental Health Selfie, Self-Care Saturday, Check on Your Friends Day, Hug Your Fucking Cat. Therapists across the nation are raking it in by the boatloads. It's all bullshit. The smarter, more technically advanced human beings become, the weaker and more dependent they seem to get. Think about it this way. The past 50 or 60 years, there's been a major advances in healthcare, transportation, communication, education, and access to, well put it bluntly, MARIJUANA! And as much as I hate to say the same shit the elders used to say back in the day, we had to walk so many miles to get to a fucked up job and work 12 long hours and walk home in the freezing rain and we had to get up and do it all again six days a week so you don't have to and as much as i hate to say it they were right technology has softened the minds and bodies of people it's made them less resilient along comes the internet perhaps the greatest discovery and invention of all time and it threatens to be mankind's eventual downfall and do you know why it literally fucks with the ego. Despite the amazing access to knowledge, people, places, and all things legal and immoral, the human mind is not strong enough to handle the mental strain it causes. You would think that being able to connect with people so easily that it would allow more of a network to find hope, or a cause, or even something as trivial as entertainment to distract whatever is causing them stress. Not the case. Grown men live in their parents' basements playing video games into their 40s, bemoaning their struggles to anyone and everyone who will listen. Marriage rates are declining and the young people are as bored as ever. Loneliness has skyrocketed to the top of the daily news. They say cyberbullying is driving the suicide rate to new heights. But what does advertisements geared toward the younger, sexier, healthier, richer, whiter, and more popular subset of the world for the other 98% of the demographic's ego. People who feel bad about themselves tend to want to make others feel bad about themselves. And the internet is the perfect breeding ground to wage war. Misery truly does love company. 
mental health crisis has spiked in direct correlation to internet usage. We weren't meant to communicate in this fashion because we care too much about what other people think of us. In this world, in this space and time, man is measured by the amount of likes he garners from strangers. He is encouraged to perform heroic acts of stupidity. He strips down to his bare essence for the fans to come alive. He is exalted and betrayed, admired and criticized. In this world, in this space and time, people come and go without remorse or shame. They hide their pain and lie for fame. In this world, in this space and time, the true measure of a man is one who has integrity. In-teg-gra-ty. In this world of digitized smiles, fictitious prides, monetized bites of plagiarized types, the true measure of a man declines. So, I met the other. I'm beginning to understand my position now. I now know why I'm here and what my purpose is. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Slow down there, Rafi. I'm low-key glad you're on lockdown. And speaking of lockdowns, episode two is a wrap. Like I said before, there's a lot to unpack this week. What do you think? Is the internet going to lead to our ultimate demise? Is the focus on mental health overrated? Are we doing too much or not enough? These are your questions to ponder until next week. But if you can't wait, please share your thoughts. I truly hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And remember, if you or anyone you know is suffering silently out there, please get help from a qualified mental health professional. Well, that's a wrap for me. For more serious discussions on mental health topics, please jump on over to our weekly blog and jump in on any subject that's posted. Thanks for stopping by. See you next week.